Okay, welcome to That's Good Sports Podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. Hi, Will. What's up, Brandon? Uh, I've got to ask the important question. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with sports. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with uh, your health or lack thereof. Uh, but rumors are swirling around on the internet that you've purchased Red Dead Redemption 2. So, oh, that. <clears throat> I have to ask how that's going. I can, I can confirm those rumors. I do have Red Dead 2. Uh, let's see. I've killed a big ass fucking bear. Took me forever, really? but I but I found I found the uh, guy you sell your bear skin to. Got some money for that. Yep. Then I killed the deer and brought it back to that guy, and he only gave me like forty cents for it. So that was kind of lame. Uh, helped. Uh, oh, I won all my card games. I won all of my card games, and uh, that's how far I am. Anybody who's playing knows. <laughs> Good to see that you're uh, doing the story mode here. Yeah, I do this. What else are you supposed to do? Just wander around the world aimlessly? Nah, I think you've. No, nah, I think you've got the point of the game down pat. I just killed my first bear last night, and I've had the game since it came out. So, <laughs> egg on my face. Yeah, I went hunting right away. Here's the thing about like playing this game all the time: is there's there's a river and a bike trail next to where I live and whenever I walk on it now and I see a deer my first instinct is to to crouch to my knees uh pull out a bow and arrow which I do not have yet uh, and shoot it right in the neck and then skin it and then sell it uh, on the open market the the more fun thing to do is just trample it with your horse yeah I don't know if that'd work on a deer but uh squirrels yeah definitely well to be fair I haven't tried it with a deer yet so. What do I know? Not a lot about playing video games, obviously. <laughs> Clearly not. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, this today we're gonna this is we're, this is not a video game podcast, by the way. No. This <laughs> is a uh, football podcast. So we're gonna talk about the Denver Broncos, the NFL. A lot of news happened in the NFL this week, from Le'Veon Bell to Nathan Peterman to Joey Bosa to whole bunch of shit we'll get to after uh, we get back into business with the Broncos returning from their bye week uh, and the Chiefs-Rams-Mexico game. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, what, do we, what do we got first, Will? I can't imagine people want to hear my shitty voice for very long, so I will try to get through this as quickly as possible. I, th- I think he'd be surprised. But the first thing I think we could talk about, uh, which probably should be addressed, I can't remember if we talked about it last week. Uh, didn't quite do my due diligence in that regard. But there's been a lot of rumors swirling about John Harbaugh and his future with the Ravens. And it appears that they're both going to mutually part ways, which is just a, a very nice term for you've been here a long time, but we're going to fire you anyway. Right. Uh and it looks like he's going to be on the open market starting this offseason. So, obviously, the Broncos will likely be uh, in the market as well for a new head coach. So, I'm going to ask you what you think about the, the fit with John Harbaugh coming to Denver. Would he even want to come to Denver, first of all? We kind of assume that, like, oh, it's a perfect match. You know, Gary Kubiak, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's no reason why he wouldn't want to come here. But he's going to have other options, like, 
uh, is it like, I don't know if it's likely, but is it a reasonable fit for him and for the Broncos? Well, assuming that Vance Joseph doesn't win all of the remainder of the games, then we don't know. We, I mean, anything can happen. Will, um, yeah. Well, I think I think John Harbaugh is a good fit in Denver. I think he's a good head coach. I think whether he wants to come to Denver or not really depends on if the Packers move on from Mike McCarthy, because you have to believe, like, if you're John Harbaugh and you have the option to coach Aaron Rodgers or any other team in the league, I don't care if it's the Broncos or the fucking Patriots, uh, you're going to want to work with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, So I think there's a lot up in the air right now. Um, I don't even know. John Harbaugh's been like a head coach so long. Like, I don't know. Is he an offensive coach or a defensive guy? I'm assuming defense, but... They hired him from Philadelphia when he was a special teams coach for the Eagles. Oh, so So, yeah, so uh, none of the above. Nothing. Nothing is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, because that's a big discussion, like a lot of teams look at, because they're usually hiring um, coordinators, right? Right. And I think the Broncos' biggest issues continue to be on offense, Um, so that's kind of what you would hope to fill, but. I guess you feel you feel you fill those equally with John Harbaugh. He is equal parts, pretty good offense, pretty good defense. Uh, I think the thing with Harbaugh, like he's done it long enough where nothing nothing's gonna surprise him. He's been through everything you can go through with players, from like the Ray Rice situation to winning a Super Bowl. You know, he coached against his brother in the Super Bowl. I don't think it gets much crazier than that. So in terms of game management and leading your team I think he's a good fit it really like after that it's about whether or not the Broncos can fill the the team with a a above average quarterback Uh, because even you know in in Baltimore with Joe Flacco since that Super Bowl the Ravens like they've been consistently pretty good defensive team but they have struggled offensively as well so I don't know how I don't know if he fixes a bunch of problems other than I would feel very confident about his decision-making as a coach. Right. Yeah. No, you feel like you're getting the opposite of what you have right now in Vance Joseph, who's, which is someone who's inexperienced, probably a little bit over his head, uh, over his head and doesn't quite know what he's doing at this point in time. And you feel like John Harbaugh comes in kind of the way um, John Fox did in 2011 taking over for Josh McDaniels, a guy who was very much in over his head. And it's a guy who's been there, done that, been to a Super Bowl, uh, didn't win one in that case, but brought that sort of pedigree and was like a, a calming influence on the rest of the team and just kind of allowed, didn't quite, you know, butt in on the offense or the defense or anything too much, but uh, kept things moving smoothly. And you, I think that's what John Harbaugh would bring you. Yeah. But we don't know, like, we don't know who's – not going to have a head coach uh, by this time in January. Uh, It could be a number of teams. It could be as many as like six or seven teams. So I don't know about the Packers. I hadn't even considered that because it just feels like Mike McCarthy has been there forever too. And I can't imagine them having a different head coach. And they seem like one of those teams that likes to promote from within. Uh, I can't tell you if that's going to happen or not, but. You have to look at other teams, too, like uh, the, the Jaguars, the Jets. You can see the Jaguars if they just 
keep imploding moving on from Doug Marone at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, there there could be a lot of good options for Harbaugh. And if he does become available, I think he's going to be the number one choice for most Definitely. teams in the NFL. So it'll it'll be interesting. <clears throat> it gives you a little bit of hope, a little bit of something to look forward to because yeah, without him, like, I don't know who the hell should be the next head coach for the Broncos. Right. Like, the only other names I've heard are – college coaches which I'm always a little bit dubious of like I know Lincoln Riley is a great head coach for Oklahoma don't think he'd be a great NFL coach and then the other name I've heard tossed around was Matt LaFleur the offensive coordinator from the Titans and I don't know if he's a great offensive coordinator or people are just kind of falling into that you know we need the next Sean McVay trend right so we're just going to grab a young offensive coordinator and see if he can fix our team yeah, and then you have to wonder about, like, going through the growing pains with a first-time head coach. I mean, Yeah, and if you want to do that again, because that's what the last two years have been. Yeah. That, it's I mean, pains, really. It's not growing pains. And say what you want, like, trying to weigh that against, like, Vance Joseph, how he would perform in his third year as a head coach. Like, it's fair to say, like, he would do better than possibly – you know, know, another first-time head coach in there. Uh, you're, you keep talking like that, you're going to have a mutiny on your hands, Brandon. Well, I'm just – People are not going to be happy. <clears throat> I think – Yeah. <laughs> not although, great. I think uh, at his best, Vance Joseph is uh, John Fox. At his best. With slightly worse clock management skills. With – Andy mm-hmm. Reed level management skills. Right. But hey, if Andy Reed could learn, can yes. learn, you know. <laughs> well, the the good thing is Andy Reed hasn't had to deal with it yet because the Chiefs have been beating everybody by 20 points. That's true. And come playoff time, uh, get into a little bit of a shootout, start having to worry about the clock. You never know. You never ever know. But that's enough. I think that's enough uh coaching talk we'll save that for when it really matters at the end well, of the season. i think i think we're going to continue on it a little bit with this next marquette king stuff oh well <laughs> fair i mean yeah we got punter coaching stuff so marquette king was interviewed uh recently and he talked about his pretty brief stay in denver uh talking about what happened what changed uh and what supposedly caused his injury that led to his release so he said quote we have our first couple of couple practices of OTAs and it's like, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to change some things in your technique. We're going to punt regular to the right. And when you want to punt left, you got to drop the ball like this and swing the ball across your body. Said King, my whole career, I've always walked the same direction I was going to kick the ball to. And now they're telling me to walk this direction and kick the ball over here. If I want to kick it that way. And the more I kept doing it, the more my legs started to hurt. So not a great start. And then he went on to say, uh, this whole offseason, I put all this work in to do the things the way I normally do it. But then all of a sudden, you're asked to change it right then before the season starts, and it just throws everything off. He went on, you're getting scared. Like, I really started getting scared. I wasn't comfortable. I even told the head coach, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I'm going into the season with no confidence because y'all are basically asking me to make every punt a special situation. So this is basically what he's attributing uh, to not only his struggles on the field, but the injuries 
that supposedly caused these struggles through the first four games. And keep in mind, he was only here for four games, uh, and then they moved on uh, to Colby Wadman, who, by the way, I know Mike Kliss uh, <laughs> something about Colby Wadman today, uh, tweeting about Wadmania, which I'm not sure is a thing. But uh, he's actually I, I had uh, a lower average. Wadmania might have been one of the porns I edited back in the, <laughs> back in the day. That was that's got to be Mike Kliss's like worst uh, trying to pump yeah. up the Broncos tweet I've ever big seen. Time, big time, delete this fam. Like Wad- the numbers are right there. Wadmania. <laughs> like either Mike Kliss is the funniest like yeah. low key troll we don't really know, or <laughs> you know they're like. All right, Cliss, can can you say something about Wadmania? Yeah. What? Yeah, Wadmania. Let's get this Wadmania thing going for the the Broncos here. Yes. Uh, Pound sign Wadmania. That's what the kids are into (laughs) these days. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, but no, he's he's Wadman is averaging uh, a a lower number per punt than uh, Marquette King was this year, and Marquette King was not punting well at all by any means through the first four games. Yeah. But it looks like uh, coaching, if we believe what Marquette King is saying, and we don't really have any reason not to, uh, coaching sort of caused this, I guess. Yeah. Well, here's – I don't know. This is kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, I don't know what – like, I don't, I'm trying to weigh what, 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 what is dumber, okay? <laughs> okay. Marquette King, as a professional athlete and punter – not being able to tweak his style a little bit or an NFL coach trying to change a guy who is done punting at the highest level for a very long time in his career. Yeah. Uh, and not just like letting him in, you know, continue to do his thing. Like I get a coach looking at Marquette King wanting to be a coach, thinking you got to earn your paycheck and being like, you know, he would be, even more dangerous if we'd made this a little ju- adjustment because I'm assuming, and this is a guess here that they Marquette King saying like, if you wanted to kick it left, he basically would just yeah, walk his body left. Yeah. Right. So you probably give away which side you're kicking to the field to right. so special teams coach are probably saying if we can eliminate that with his, his power and his accuracy, because he's one of the best at dropping it inside the 20, then maybe you know, we get uh, a bad play f- on special teams mm-hmm. from the, the return man or a ball bounces, you know. So, I, like, I get it, but if your punter tells you it's not working from him for him, like, as a coach, you just got to be like, okay, fuck it, go ahead and do it the way you've done it because it's been uh, top five for the last four or five years. Um, but, like, also, I think Marquette King – like, I don't know the extent of this injury. Obviously, he's not on the roster, so I'm assuming it's serious enough that it's a, it's a real thing. But I he's feel not like on any other roster either. So It's not on any other roster now, because if it is a hernia, he probably needs time to heal from it. Uh, but it's like a weird thing to just throw the coaches under the bus like that, and I think he's got a flair for uh, the, the dramatic <laughs> so, oh, definitely. So I, yeah. I feel like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, uh, but it all just seems stupid. It does, and I think it feeds into uh, people's hatred for the current coaching regime and 
it makes people uh, want to believe this more, which like I said, like, I don't know. I don't like, it's a very, it'd be a very weird thing to make up or exaggerate. Like it seems like a, you know, a way you would get injured uh, as a punter, especially if you haven't yeah. been doing it like this your whole career <clears throat> and you're punting uh, time and time again. Uh, that's all you do during the course of OTAs and training camps and whatever. And my whole, my problem is like, I like, I'm fine with his suggestion suggestion to try things differently. Uh, and if it works, it works. But if it doesn't, uh, that's when you've got to jump ship. And especially if your punter is going to the head coach and saying, uh, not only is this not working, but uh, it's destroying my leg and I'm not going to be able to punt the ball whatsoever uh, if we don't go back to the way I was doing it. I think that's where you run into a major problem. And that seems to be a pretty big oversight. And if it's true and that's how it happened, that's a pretty bad uh, reflection on the entire coaching staff. Yeah. I think like, it's kind of like to me uh, at the end of the, the Texans game, Case Keenum listening to the coaches too much and just huddling back up instead of trying to get extra yards after a play. Right. Like at some yeah. point as a player, sometimes you just got to say, fuck what the coaches say right now. Like, I'm in the game doing this. Like if I'm Marquette King, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm going to kick the way I want to kick the football. And if I'm doing that well in the game, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to find, go ahead, fire me. I'll take my guaranteed money. Right. Uh, I would not keep kicking until I injured myself. Uh, I mean, it shows that he was, you know, trying to do it their way or whatever, but it would be like, it would be like a, a quarterback's coach going to Philip Rivers and saying, you have one of the dumbest throwing motions I've ever seen, seen in my life. Let's clean that up a little bit and see yeah. if uh, <laughs> we can make you a little better. Yeah. In year 15. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, if Marquette King was a rookie out of college, like that's one thing, but I don't know. Going back to not paying Britton Colquitt is proving to be a far greater, like yeah. bad decision for the Broncos. Um, and Mike Kliss also tweeted like a, a shout out to Wesley Woodyard who won like defensive player of the week. He's like a, a another, like a former Bronco doing, I was like, that's another guy you guys fucking let walk. Yeah. Wesley I see. Okay. I think that's where, that's kind of where I draw the line. Like, I think that's piling on just because they, uh, they got Brandon Marshall for pennies on the dollar compared to Wesley Woodyard and they won a Super Bowl without him. So. Yeah, they would have won a Super Bowl with him, and he would still be playing, (laughs) and they could have kept Danny Trevathan. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Will is I would have kept Wesley. What are you saying? I would have kept Wesley. I like Wesley Woodyard because I I didn't know who Brandon Marshall was. He played for Jacksonville under Jack Del Rio. I liked him. He didn't know that guy. So has nothing to do uh, on the the outside looking at the same college. Uh, I would have kept Wesley Woodyard because he was the only Broncos linebacker I knew at the time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the Broncos clearly felt differently. But uh, speaking of, like, pay cuts and salary cap nonsense, Derek Wolf was also talking that shit, <laughs> just like Marquette King was. Uh, so we got another big, long block quote from Derek Wolf. So I'm just going to dive right into it. I actually quote, like what Wolf had to say. Uh, I thought we were going to have a quarterback. I thought we were going to keep a lot of the guys on the defense, Wolf said. That's why I took that haircut. Uh, 
uh, referring to his pay cut. A huge haircut, not his real haircut, because I wanted to stay here and be a part of the best defense to play it. I didn't know that Brackett's former Broncos defensive coordinator, Wade Brackett's Phillip, was going to end up leaving. I thought I was going to have Wade for a while. (laughs) Nothing against Joe Woods. I was just really comfortable with where I was at. Then everything changed, end quote. So who who should be most (laughs) offended by this quote from Derek Wolf? The front office, uh, Case Keenum for saying that he thought we were going to have a quarterback, uh, or Joe Woods for saying he wished they had just kept Wade Phillips. No offense to Joe Woods, of course. Uh, I'm going to say Wesley Woodyard because Wade Phillips would have <laughs> kept him too. <laughs> um, Pretty sure they're never together, but I think the on. biggest jab would have to be Case Keenum right yeah. now. <laughs> he doesn't even qualify that with like, no offense to Case. Not that that would make it yeah. any, any better, but or say like, I'm not referring, I'm not referring to Case Keenum. I'm talking yeah. about the situation in the last two years. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> But he's right. That's what sucks. Like, yeah, you hate to see your player throw all those guys kind of under the bus, but he's right about Wade Phillips. Um, Malik Jackson's gone. He took less money yeah. for them to try to keep Malik or Trevathan. They kept. Nine. I don't. Th- they couldn't keep. Uh, they couldn't keep Malik Jackson. I don't think either way. They would have had to get rid of Derek Wolf altogether. <clears throat> um, but like. I don't know. It's just, I think from what Wolf says, from what you hear like Chris Harris say, uh, like enough players start saying like there's the problems are management and coaching and decisions. Like I think we've known that for a while right now. Um, It's tough too, because like, I feel like the Broncos had a really good draft this year and that there's a lot of really good young talent on the team. They've been competitive. So, yeah, they're losing games, and they're losing games for what feels like different dumb reasons every week. But there's a, nucle- a nucleus there that you feel like is close to being good. Uh, but if all of these other things are true and they continue to happen and they don't correct kind of like they did with the draft, then it doesn't look good long term. I guess. Right. No, that's the frustrating part about this team is that they feel like they've got a playoff roster um, quarterback kind of notwithstanding. Although I think uh, in so, there's some universe in which case Keenum could lead this team to the playoffs. Definitely. But it feels like it's a top six or seven roster in the AFC, just based on talent alone. And they've got a minus eight point differential, which is really good for a team that's sitting at three and six right now. Yeah. And despite all of that, they are three and six and they're not going to make the playoffs and they're not competitive in the AFC or the AFC West. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to point like your finger at one thing when a lot of things look good and then a lot of things look bad. Right. No, it's not one thing. Uh, it's not all on the coaching staff. It's not on all. It's not all on John Elway. It's not all on Case Keenum. People love to play the blame game and point to uh, one of those three scapegoats. And there are times when uh, all three of them deserve the, that level of criticism. Uh, but by and large, it's you know, 
it's a lot of guys and uh, it's all those things moving in concert and, and all those things kind of regressing and going backwards over the last two seasons that have brought the Broncos to where they are now, which is <clears throat> being what an eight and 17 team over the last uh, 25 games. Yeah. A slightly, I would say the Broncos are a slightly above average team underperforming. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously <laughs> underperforming. Um, <clears throat> no, they've got a good roster. That's the thing. Yeah. It's they hard do. because, and there's so many players that like I like on the Broncos uh, and that I'm excited about now outside of, you know, number one being uh, Wad Mania. Kobe Wadmania. Right, but right. we're gonna make so much money on those shirts, by the way. Wadmania. Wadmania shirts. And then Mike Kliss is gonna sue us. Yeah. But then uh he's gonna bring a lot of attention to our podcast. So we're gonna make the money back. There we go. Long con. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the James Long Con. Uh so we should probably get to the game <clears throat> on Sunday that oh, is yeah. going to be played. Against the Chargers. Uh, Two o'clock Mountain Time. It is Broncos at Chargers in Los Angeles. So a few things that I wrote down to consider. Uh, so it's going to be a pseudo home game, like it is basically any time the Broncos have played the Chargers in the last I don't know five years, going back to San Diego now in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, regardless, they got beat uh, and were shut out for the first time in a billion years. Last time they played in Los Angeles last year. Uh, and the third thing, because this game is being played in Los Angeles and because of the fires, uh, there could be a problem with air quality, which I'll just point out that I'm in Sacramento and there's two fires in California currently. There's one above me and then there's one below me. And the one above me is much closer, but uh, Sacramento basically just smells like a bonfire. I assume Los Angeles is the same. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, obviously the Rams and the Seahawks played last week. Uh, the Raiders played at home last week. Uh, Corey Legit obviously couldn't find much of a difference from the weed smell that they usually get at the Coliseum, like you had, like you said in your video. Uh, but I don't know. That could it could get worse by uh, the end of the week. Hopefully not. But that's always something to consider. Yeah, because those fires are still burning. Like it's a pretty yeah. fucked up situation, <clears throat> and. You know, I used to live in L.A., so I know people that are close to that are being affected by all of that. And I think, like, you you don't even think about it affecting people outside of the immediate, like, danger zone. So, yeah, I think it's fair that air quality might be a weird factor in the game. Uh, seems stupid to even, like, talk about that when people are just losing, like, fucking everything right. they have. Um but I, I mean, if anything, like the Broncos breathing in smoky, smelling air, for whatever reason, will probably help them. I mean, it can't make uh, it can't make them much worse at this point. I think is what we're trying to get at. Right. Uh, the Chargers have won six games in a row, and I mean, I think they're probably going to win seven in a row here. Although they just beat the Raiders in a game that right uh it felt like the Raiders were going to come out and like do something crazy in the first quarter and then yeah. it just turned out they couldn't punch the ball in whatsoever <laughs> the Raiders could on four they yeah. were fourth and goal and just sucked right 
uh, <laughs> speaking of coaches that should be fired at the end of the season, uh, but definitely won't. The like I was saying, the Chargers have won six in a row. It, it on paper it should be seven, but the thing is, just like when it's just one of those divisional matchups that you could that you just see being a fifty-fifty game. Oh yeah, I don't know who's going to win should. this game. No clue. I have no idea. I, based on everything I've seen this year and last year, I will take the Chargers, but I would not be surprised if the Broncos were the team that screwed up their magical winning streak. Yeah, the Broncos, <clears throat> they play the Chargers twice still, so they have a chance to really like screw up the Chargers' playoff situation, which um, – right. You know, they're one game behind Kansas City right now. They have a better record than the Patriots do, but the Patriots are atop their division. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. Like, part of me kind of wants to see the the Chargers beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I just think that would be funny for uh, all the crazy Chiefs fans coming onto the the interwebs these days. Uh, There are a lot of them, including – including uh, on our Twitters and our <laughs> comments. Very freaking. Yeah, but, I mean, the Chargers got – Joey Bosa showed back up to practice. Yep. He probably will not play this week. He needs time to get into shape. Once they get him back, that's a team that should get better towards the end of the season. And, you know, like the Rams just lost Cooper Cup, which I think is a, a big blow to their offense – because they, they played the best football with him in the lineup. So, I don't know. I, I think the Chargers quietly becoming, like, one of those sneaky, dangerous teams. But their their history, which I don't buy into on a year-to-year basis, their history tells you they'll find a way to butcher the, the you know, the last couple games or something. Yeah, no, you, it's one of those teams – where it's like, okay, this is great. This is kind of the opposite of what they usually do, which is start really, really slow, which they were one and two. So I guess that counts as their slow start this year. Uh, but they've won a lot of really close games. Like you could argue that they probably shouldn't have beaten the Titans uh, over in London uh, and then a couple other close games as well. Uh, but I don't know. It's not a team that I really trust to do anything in the playoffs. I would rather see them win than the Chiefs just because I feel like Phillip Rivers uh, at this point, as much as I hated Phillip Rivers when he first started uh, back with those Marty Schottenheimer teams, uh, he was public enemy number one for me. <laughs> right. I've, I've just seen him lose so much uh, in the interim that it would be interesting to see him carry a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not saying win the Super Bowl. That might be going a little far for <laughs> an AFC West rival, but uh, I wouldn't hate to see him go on a run kind of to bookend his career. Uh, but it's a good team, and I could see them getting – I could see them being like that elite wild card team that finishes like 12-4, and 11-5, and five, uh, and upsets the, the divisional winner that is there just on the strength of a, a poor division. Yeah, I mean, when the Chargers are playing their best football, they're playing similar t- – they're playing a similar type of game that the Saints play – in that they have Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler who are not – they're equally threatening catching passes out of the backfield. So uh, when one of those two guys has a big game, like their offense clicks. And then they've got Keenan Allen and um, the, they have both of the Williams receivers, right? 
uh, Mike, yeah, they got Tyrell and Mike Williams. Mike and Tyrell Williams, who are uh, <clears throat> kind of hit and miss, but all of a sudden you'll see like one of them has like eight catches, two touchdowns, and like 120 yards in a game. Yeah, and then Truck and Antonio Gates still in there. Like if they had Hunter Henry, they would be. I feel they would like they they would be a, a much bigger threat. And the defense is playing good football. Um, I think they're really missing Joey Bosa to help that pass rush, but they've got a pretty good secondary. It's uh, they still have kicking problems though. So you uh, feel like that's like, that has to be the way their season ends at this point. Yeah. On a missed, missed field goal. Not like a missed extra point. Missed extra point to lose the game. Yeah. So I mean, sign Nate Kading. (laughs) Just everybody knows you want to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do Um, it. That boy scout. Yeah, but this week, like, I don't know who will win this game. I, I haven't jumped into it yet. I'm behind because of this sickness. Uh, Matchup-wise, I think the Chargers have a better offense and defense. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That doesn't special, really help Special teams I'll give to eh, – Wadmania. Wadmania and the Gooch Master himself. But yeah, I'm going to pick the Chargers as well, uh, but just to hedge my bets and make it so I don't look dumb on Monday, uh, I'm going to say I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos won either. There we go. (laughs) So I've covered all of my bases, which means I think we can move on to the NFL. My official prediction will be up Friday on That's Good Sports. Yeah, moving, transitioning to the NFL. Okay. Getting in on the action there, I see. I did it. Okay, so we've got uh, a fair amount to talk about just with the, the other 31 teams, uh, yeah. which I believe there are. So one of the big stories from this week was Steelers running back, Le'Veon Bell. He will not report to the Steelers during the 2018 season and therefore forfeit $14.5 million. Uh, is there anything – that would cause you to miss out on $14.5 million at this point in your life? Uh, no. <laughs> no. My video that – that, that would be the point for most people, but apparently not Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yeah. I forgot. This podcast goes up Thursday morning. So the video I post tonight or yesterday night, Wednesday night, uh, I kind of talk about the, the Le'Veon Bell thing. And it's just like <coughs> – um. I would kill to be in that situation. Yeah, people are jealous <laughs> because Le'Veon Bell is getting to say no to $14 million while taking a year-long vacation, enjoying the $16 million he's already made, knowing he's probably going to make most of that money he gave up back in his signing bonus in 2019. Uh which right. just infuriates normal people who are, you know, just trying to pay the fucking bills. Never will get an opportunity to say no to a hundred thousand dollars, let alone fourteen million. <laughs> you don't feel sorry for the Steelers, for the NFL acting like, uh, you know, in their own best greedy interests. Like, there's really no winners in this situation. I think. Bell will benefit from giving his body rest for a year. Well, oh, there is there is one winner, and his name is James Conner, I think. Yeah, no, that's true. It's 
it's opened up really Le'Veon Bell's doing James Conner a huge solid right now. Yeah. Giving him the opportunity to hold out in two years for the Steelers as well. <laughs> At which point they'll already have drafted someone else. Yeah. My, then dog, James, my dog made a special appearance. Well, it looked like a ghost oh. entered your room. Could be that too. Who knows? Might be the vessel for some type of ghost. I wouldn't be surprised. And that's a crazy thing because James Conner, like he deserves a chance to, to make a shit ton of money. Like he's got a great story. Seems yeah. like a good dude. And he's a really good football player. Um, no, he's basically doing everything that Le'Veon Bell was supposed to this year and doing it just as well. Like he, he's a great runner and he catches passes, which uh, yeah. when you're talking about Le'Veon Bell, like the thing you can do is like you can play him as a wide receiver and James Conner is just as productive catching the ball. Maybe, maybe a hair less, but for a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the price, which will take 10 times out of 10. Yeah, it's like Le'Veon Bell's risk – at coming back now for what, like six million dollars, right? Like you just look at Earl Thomas and you're like, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if you should do it. Yeah, the thing, the thing where I uh, or Des Bryant, right? <laughs> yeah, no, things can happen very quickly. But uh, you, I mean, you could just that's kind of like the slippery slope argument where you could just argue about stepping on a football field at all at a certain yeah. point. Like, why would you do that again? Um, but my thing is Le'Veon Bell was talking about wanting to be paid like a quarterback and that's just, that's not going to happen in any universe. Like you, you know that when you're, when you're taking a career path as a running back versus like a wide receiver, uh, a defensive player or whatever, you know what the deal is. And the deal is, uh, you're probably going to, if you're good, they're going to run you into the ground. Uh, you're going to have a prime of about, if you're lucky, five years, and you're just not going to make as much money as most other positions. And that's kind of that's kind of the catch. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I don't know where he stands now, but he should just be looking to get a little bit more than what the Todd Gurley deal was. Like, I, that's and what, I don't think he's – is he better than Todd Gurley, though? No, Especially he's after, not better than him, but that's just how it works. Like – I don't know if it does work like that for running backs. Like, I don't know if the, the market increases like it does for quarterbacks necessarily. That's fair. Maybe that's true. But I think especially, when you're – Yeah, especially now that uh, the Steelers have shown that the most important piece is not the running back, but it's the offensive line because James Conner is doing the same thing. Right. No, and that's fair. But Le'Veon Bell is – you like you, you say he's not as good as Todd Gurley, but that's – the margin there is small. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's he is one of the best offensive players in the league, and I think that's why he can expect to get a little more than Todd Gurley. Yeah. And I think an organization like the Jets would pay that to him to help a guy like Sam Darnold. Or the Raiders have a shit ton of cap room, and nobody knows what the fuck they're gonna do on a week to week basis. <laughs> so, and if they if they dump Carr, they're gonna have even more money. Uh, and even a crazy thing, I mean, Le'Veon, like the Packers are going to have $46 million in cap space. I think that's a long shot, but I think if you want to be competitive and go to uh, a winning place where you can make a big impact, that's where I would look to go is play with like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think – I'm yeah. not sure Le'Veon Bell is looking for that at this point. I don't think he is either because he'd be playing for – 
Steelers right now. Yeah, and another the the Niners will have like seventy six million in cap space, but I think with McKinnon and the way Matt Breda 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 is playing, like they don't need a running back. And Kyle Shanahan runs an offense where I believe he believes he can fill in quite a few different running backs and have success there. So <laughs> I feel like the Jets, the Raiders, uh, those are kind of like the top landing spots that could be for Le'Veon Bell. But that's – I don't fucking know. I don't have sources. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like I think the gap between Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell is obviously a lot smaller than uh, the top two – the quarterbacks that are being paid the most, which – uh, would have to be Aaron Rodgers and I think it's Kirk Cousins at this point. Yeah. Like obviously there's Matt a Ryan, much wider. I think Matt yeah. Ryan's making more than Cousins, just not all guaranteed. Right, Something right, right. There. Yeah, like you think either like regardless if it's Ryan or Cousins, the gap between Rodgers and the next guy is much bigger than the gap between the running backs. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of the position too. Yeah, that's fair. Um. But uh, I was also reading that uh, <laughs> the Steelers players, especially the offensive linemen, were uh, going through Le'Veon Bell's locker now that he's not coming back this season and just kind of looting and taking, <laughs> taking whatever they want uh, for their own. That's funny. Yeah, Bell was in a weird spot too. Like You got the vibe that the, the team didn't feel like they needed him back. Which they also, were right. <laughs> I guess Mike Tomlin reached out to him, Roethlisberger, yeah. and he just didn't return any of their messages. Right. Which is strange. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be like, my agent told me, like, not to talk about it. So, we'll leave it at that. But if you guys want to exchange, you know, dick pics like we usually do on Sundays, let's continue with that. Yeah, no, you can see where he's, like, he's got a point and he's uh... – where he's in the right and he should be out for looking out for himself. And then you can also make the point that oh, yeah. he's going about it the entirely wrong way. The both, both the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell are right and wrong. It's like yes. one of those, it's just a giant gray area of mud that like, you just hope your team doesn't have to be in that situation ever. Yeah, no, I can't wait uh, four years from now when Philip Lindsay and the Broncos are entrenched in a year-long holdout where he, he announces his love for the city of Denver. The king of Colorado should get whatever he asks for. Yeah, and He's going to be the new John Elway pretty soon because the fans are turning on John Elway uh, more and more by the day. And then, like, a few years after, they'll be like, ooh, we need to get rid of him like Demarius Thomas. That contract was not smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do we pay a 5-5 running back? Five five hundred fifty pound running back, thirty million dollars a year. Maybe not the uh, wisest business decision, but oh well. Uh, the Rams and the Chiefs game has officially been moved from Mexico City to Los Angeles, which I think we're all disappointed about. I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to see that shootout in seven thousand feet above sea level. Yeah, that would have been fun. Uh, would have also liked to see the fans out there. Um, there are actually a lot of uh, – just from when I spent a week in Mexico over the summer, uh, a lot of NFL fans, unfortunately, they're mostly Patriots fans because uh, I think they're front runners. Patriots uh, and Cowboys are the, the yeah, two that makes sense. most popular teams that I saw there. 
so I don't know if – I mean, there's probably a lot of Rams fans now, might even be some Chiefs fans now, uh, if I subscribe to the whole front-runner theory. But this is probably the right move because looking at the field, uh, it looked like it would have claimed the ACLs of every single player who set foot on it. Uh, and that wouldn't have been very good for the NFL. So they took it I don't, from, I don't think you can tear an ACL if you can't plant your foot, Will. I, I think you can plant your foot. I just don't think you can take it out. <laughs> That's the problem. I think nobody would have been injured and everybody would have just been falling Stuck. and sliding all over the – yes, exactly. Yeah, either uh, way, probably not in the best interest of the National Football League. I talk a lot about this in my video uh, – that I'm gonna that I posted yesterday night. <laughs> um, <but the laughs> You're reason, twisting my mind into a pretzel with all this timeline stuff. The the reason the field has been is like torn to shit is because of uh, multiple Shakira concerts. Oh God, are you serious? Yeah, it was Shakira concerts trampled all the <laughs> the grass, and then I I spent like she's gonna have to pay up. I spent like 20 minutes watching Shakira videos for my video tonight. Is there like any reason that uh, her concerts in particular cause is the the dancing so extreme? I think so, uh, man. That it just tears the turf apart. I just think they were the last concerts there, and uh, damn, people enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, a little too much. It looks like. Yeah, they're all just wearing uh, eight-inch cleats to the field to go see <laughs> Shakira. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to see "Hips Don't Lie" over and over again, which right. I assume is her only song. Oh no, she's got. Wherever, oh yeah, she wolf. Yeah. How could she's I? Got a lot, dude. She's got a lot. She's an international sensation. I'm pretty yeah, sure she did clearly. a scene of the voice too. So, yeah. Uh, also, who could, who could I forget mean, that Le'Veon Bell could have done the voice as a a judge. I believe Kelly Clarkson's making 14 million uh, a year, uh, and she's like the rookie judge on there. You know what I mean? So he could have yeah. made up his 14 mil just, and he's a, he's a singer. He is a singer. Is he a singer or a rapper? Uh, if you listen to him, he's neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you're not getting CTE going on The Voice either. Nope. Well, maybe, maybe just from watching, but I don't think uh, from being a host. Uh, so, yeah, the other thing we have to talk about is Joey Bosa is back at Chargers practice. We kind of already touched on it. We but touched on that. This should probably make them better in theory. In theory. One would assume. We haven't mentioned uh, R.I.P. Nathan Peterman. Right, yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a tough uh, – we lost Stan Lee over the weekend. We also lost, Nate, Nate, lost Nathan Peterman. Um, <laughs> they just we lost can't... Nathan Peterman's career, which was yeah. one of the most special ones in NFL history. Stan Lee uh, passed away. They just can't find Nathan Peterman anywhere. Right, right. Stan, Nathan Peterman started this trend that Cody Parkey has continued – just when you play really, really shitty, uh, just blame it on God. Yeah, that tweet you sent me was so funny. Yeah, no, Cody Parkey missed, uh, I think, two field goals and two extra points. It might have been yeah. three and he one, hit, but they all, the hit, they all hit the upright. And that must have just convinced them that it was like Pulp Fiction, where it's just divine intervention. How could that happen four Sorry. times in a row? Jesus uh, didn't want me to make my kicks Yeah, it <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at me for. Uh, blame the man upstairs. He's the one that – if if it was up to me, the, all four of those kicks would have sailed straight through the uprights. 
uh, God had other plans. So why don't you interview him by his locker? Yeah, the <clears throat> the thing I wanted to talk about, but I I didn't know how to get into it on my video was like. He's saying that on a day where like Malibu is burning to the ground. You know what I mean? Like the the timing and the yeah. the idea that Jesus is concerned about about your field goals when all this other crazy shit and that could be said for any day on planet Earth, right? But like <laughs> I just thought like the juxtaposition of that was interesting and I didn't want to get into it. Uh because usually you got to explain yourself if you're trying to make a joke about something like that. So uh, I didn't go there, but that was like, after he sent it to me and like, I laughed at, at first I was like, that's brilliant because like, <laughs> it is how, like it, if you're a coach right now, if you're a coach, how do you criticize him? You're like, nah, no, Jesus, that was Jesus. You're like, okay. Question for you. Okay, fine. So the bears captain, the bears captain. Uh, I think it helps that they won the game. Yeah. It really helps that they won the game by like, – they still won by 12 points. Uh, so, it would have been 20 points had he made all those kicks. But if he had not hit the upright, if he had just missed all four of those kicks, you think he's still on the roster? Um, I, would have, I don't know how he's – I don't, I don't think he is because they're just so close. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they've – I don't know how he's kicked all season. If it's like an outlier game, then no, I don't think he hasn't been great. He's pretty average, I think, from what I have seen. Yeah, dude, kicking this year has just been terrible. Oh, it's been awful. The only kicker that hadn't missed, like we had McManus hadn't missed until uh, two weeks ago. Tells like super important. And now he's missed. Yeah, now he's missed three in the last two weeks. Uh, Not counting this week, they're on a bye, but uh, in his last two games, missed three. Granted, uh, they're all like. 50 to 60 yards um so it's a little bit different and then josh lambeau for the jaguars the other one who hadn't missed uh missed one last week too so oh they could have used that against the colts (laughs) it sure could have yeah it's a three-point game yeah yeah it was and now they're three and six as well so yeah it was uh yeah kicking's been a real issue for many teams this year makes you think uh that someone like you and i should maybe Give it a shot and go try out. What I've thought think? about what if I was able to dedicate an entire year of my life to only focus on, focusing on kicking, yep. how good could I get? Serviceable, I think. I don't think you're knocking down the 55-yarders on a regular basis, but I think from 40, on, 40 and in, you're money in the bank. Yeah, because it all comes down to like how much natural leg strength do you have. Right. You can add distance through – learning technique uh probably a lot of flexibility yoga and you know adequate leg strength training um yeah the thing is i feel like if i (laughs) if i had just grown up all my life kicking field goals i could be a field goal kicker uh just with a just a ton of practice like the malcolm gladwell ten thousand hours of field goal kicking i don't feel like i could ever be a punter because those guys are swinging their legs like above their heads and I just I don't think I'm built for that yeah I don't feel like I don't feel like my arms are even long enough to to reach the ball out to where I'm supposed to kick it and I think I'd probably just uh, tear my groin every single time I tried to punt it probably you're you're what six two you said yeah yeah so you you've got probably the the length to be a decent (laughs) kicker yeah, I could pull it off. I mean, uh, no. Unless you're like all torso. 
Yeah, I've never seen your legs by the way these podcasts are framed. It's, so you could just have I like could be in a wheelchair for all you know. Of, uh, you could be six <laughs> feet of torso and just like ankles and feet. Like, trying, to, trying to, trying <clears> to. <throat> there, oh, there you go. No, those aren't kicking legs. <laughs> no, <laughs> sure aren't. Those are not. See how much I struggled just to get that leg into the shot? Definitely not a kicking leg. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I could learn to control the kicks too, but that's just because I did a lot of foot sports growing up, you know, like I played soccer, I skateboarded, I snowboarded. I feel like you got a good feel for the leg there, but Mm. I don't think I could ever learn the distance needed. No. I, and I feel like they tell you, uh, just from playing high school football and, like overhearing one of the coaches talking to the kickers precisely once. I know that they teach you uh, to kick, uh, to never like change your power, basically kick like a 30 yard field goal. Like you're kicking a 50 yard field goal. Uh, It's never like ease up or anything. No, that makes sense too. Right. But I don't like, I think as soon as I missed my first field goal, like I could knock down the first 30. And as soon as I missed that first one, I think they're all going like wide. They're just done. They're, they're like I'd be kicking the balls 40 yards uh, off the mark at that point. So you're basically Nathan Peterman. As long as you – if you yeah. if you would have started with a touchdown pass, he would have been good for a while and then tanked. Instead, he started with the picks and yeah. could never just recover. I don't think anybody could – like he could have been the next Tom Brady for all we know. And the fact that he just had those five interceptions in one half, which by the way, like, I don't think we'll ever see that again. That's a, that's, that's an achievement impressive. that I don't think is going to be matched. Like, I don't know how, like you'd probably just get pulled after four interceptions in one half at this point. Yeah. I watched like his last performance in two of his three interceptions were they definitely they weren't his fault. They like yeah. bounced off his receiver's hand. It's just like he's got that stink on him. <clears throat> yeah, but nobody's gonna look at that. And yeah. it's crazy that two guys who it's just crazy how good Matt Barkley came in and played after not being on a team. Right. Um, I don't know the Bills, man. That's a they're a long way away from from being good offensively. I feel like, uh, but they have a pretty good defense there. So I guess that's a silver lining if you're a Yeah, they've got a pretty good defense. And, um, no, it's it's good to hang your hat on the fact that if you hate the Patriots, uh, Matt Barkley is currently Tom Brady's toughest quarterback competition. <laughs> yeah. East, which might make you – might cause you to blow your brains out. Hopefully not. But the Patriots lose to the Titans, and everything in the yes. world makes sense. Didn't I pick that? Didn't I pick that? Um, let me check. <clears throat> The this is a great segue to the game picks, by the way. Yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. You sure didn't. Oh fuck me. You, you probably <clears throat> wanted to, and you backed out. So let this be a lesson to every time you want to pick against the Patriots, pick against the Patriots. Yeah. Which now that I think about it, it's probably going to be every single week. Dude, they did it's not look good. Down. They did not look. No, good. they sure didn't. What was it? It was a twenty-four point game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, this is the team that uh, to 10. got manhandled by the Patriots in, in the divisional round. Yeah. And they, no Gronk, Edelman right. gets hurt, and Tom Brady is not playing as good as we've seen him. Uh, yeah, no, his, his numbers are declining pretty steadily. 
and the Titans' defense, I mean, the, the Patriots' defense has kept them in a lot of games this season, and their defense just didn't have a good game. They got outcoached. They got outplayed by Mike Vrabel, which was awesome. Yeah, no, when you say most of them, I'd uh, venture to say all of them, too, except for this one, uh, <laughs> which you could argue that the Patriots' offense probably should have given them a breather and tried to keep pace for once uh, with a high-scoring team. But, no, it's, it's shocking that uh, the man who was confirmed to be the greatest of all time just a week ago would come out and lose by 24 to the Titans uh, yeah. a mere seven days later. Mariota, better than Brady since yeah. Brady beat Rodgers and Brady is better than Rodgers. So. No, by the transit of theory, yeah, Marcus Mariota is the GOAT. Like Mar- Mariota. That's what they call That's him in Tennessee. Call. Well, for good reason because he Tighten is. up. I know all the lingo Tennessee fans. <laughs> uh, I have not – I don't think – I think the Titans fans are like one of those fan bases I've just never seen one of them out in the wild. Hmm. Have you ever come across a Titans fan? That's a good question. I don't know. I've seen the tit- – I've like been to a Titans game too, and I don't think I've seen a Titans fan there. <laughs> no, this is, well, this is in Denver, but like – I I don't remember seeing Titans fans. <laughs> yeah, well, they're that's Tennessee is far. Yeah, it could be. That's like I'm pretty sure that's like the Middle East. I have no idea where that is geographically. It's the Middle East of the United States. Yeah, which is definitely what I meant. Tennessee, the Middle East of the United <laughs> yeah. States. Come to Nashville for your next vacation. Yeah. <laughs> what happens in Tennessee will get yeah. you killed. Yeah, what <laughs> happens in uh, Tennessee will end up on Al Jazeera. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's get into these picks. Let's here. pick these games, and then I will go take medicine. The hell out of here. Um, Do we already talk about the Thursday night game? Oh, no, shit, not didn't. at all. So, I didn't list that, but um, well, it's that gonna it's something that's going to happen. Seahawks? Yeah, Packers-Seahawks, so let's make that the first pick. Probably going to be a really good game. Yeah, uh, this is a team – yeah, the Seahawks, you could argue, probably should have beaten the Rams last week. Uh, played a really good game. Aaron Donald was not having any of it, but – I love have, Aaron Donald yeah, so much. It was a little – it was kind of a weird move to put the helmet back on. To- no, that's a <laughs> smart move. That is, you protect your head. He knows. But he's, he's he, I applaud any man who starts two fights in a super football game. <laughs> Did you see how fast he was with the ball too? Yeah, no, you I'm were right. You, he could he could play running back if he wanted to. If he no, he definitely could. That I cut that joke for time. Sorry, Will. Mm. Uh, but no, he <laughs> he looks like if the if the Rams in the Super Bowl are on a third and one on the goal line, you bring in Aaron Donald and line him up as a fullback, and then you hand it off to Donald. Yeah, no, he's like uh, William the Refrigerator Perry if he ran like a 4 five forty. And when I say goal line, I mean the opposing teams, and it's a 99-yard touchdown for him. Yeah, he was fast as hell. I would not be the person that has to tackle him. No. Uh, I don't think Justin Britt wants to either at this point. But uh, all that being said, I think I'm going to take the Packers. I think they're going to have – I think that Miami game gave them a little bit of confidence back. Uh, They beat a team that they're supposed to beat at home. So I think that's going to give them a little bit of of momentum. Are the Packers at home or are they on the road for this? 
Uh, that's a great question, <laughs> and I'm going to look it up right now. Because I'm just going to pick whoever's at home. That's also a good strategy for these games. That's how most of them turn out. Uh, we both picked the Steelers correctly last week, by the way. And oh. I should mention that uh, we were both 7-7 seven and seven last week. So, oh, status quo. Uh, duck out here. Yeah, Steelers um, destroyed the Panthers. Yeah, and the Panthers scored first, too. And they still beat them 52-21, whatever it was. But this game's in Seattle. Okay, I'll go Seahawks. I'm, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Packers. Probably not wisely, but uh, I'm not going back on my pick now. You got to live your life, man. That's right. Uh, two, four, and five teams. Uh, a team that I said was going to make a run uh, to the playoffs just last week, and they promptly went out and got beaten by the Cleveland Browns. So, talking about the Cowboys and the Falcons. Oh, yeah. We both picked the Falcons, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Uh, Dallas and – fuck. I know Dallas got a win. I'm going to take yeah. Atlanta at home. I think uh, the equivalent of what – like the opposite of what is going to happen to the Packers in my mind is going to happen to the Falcons. Like you lose to the Browns, that just shoots your confidence, I think. So I'm going to give it to the Cowboys. Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott it really didn't look very good. Uh, as, fortunately for them, Ezekiel Elliott did. So, so, so did uh, Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah, going to the Cowboys. So I'll take Dallas. You will take ATL at home. Atlanta, baby. Cincinnati, who's at five and four, playing the four and five Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, I'll go Ravens and the Broncos' future head coach John Harbaugh to get a win. Bengals got a beat down yeah, from the Saints, right? They uh, let up. <laughs> I'm gonna take the Bengals. I think Hugh Jackson, special assistant to the head coach, is going to make all the difference. So, Oh, is he? Them. Is he yeah. a Bengal? Yeah, he is. I didn't know that. I missed that. Yeah, I think they just hired him like a couple of days ago. Wow. For the, like the, the Dwight Schrute rule. 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 Roll. Assistant oh, That's coach. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and you know, like as long as you're the assistant there with Marvin Lewis, you might as well hitch your wagon to the guy with uh, the most job security in the world, which is Marvin <laughs> Lewis. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals, though. So you're taking the Ravens. So far, we disagree. Yeah, I'm not doing that on purpose. Um, Panthers at Lions. This one's uh, easy for me. Panthers bounce back. Yep. Hey, Brandon. Can you sit up a little bit? You just sit up a little bit. Can you have a little respect for the process? <laughs> okay, thanks. I see what you're doing. Ha! Yeah, a little Matt Patricia humor, folks. Uh, so we're both that would have been cool if he would have won that week. Yeah. That would have been like the, the relax moment for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Everybody would be sitting up. Uh, posture would be a, a nationwide fad. Everybody would have just perfect posture. Scoliosis would be gone, eradicated from the earth. 
Instead, they lost, and no one cares anymore. Nope. Uh, which brings me to Titans-Colts. Colts have been uh, playing well, and they're playing at home. So That's a good game. Under the radar, good game. <clears throat> Fuck. I want to pick the Colts here. So I'm going to pick the Colts here. I want to pick the Colts as well. Andrew Luck is quietly having like a near MVP season. So I think they're going to get to 500. And we're both in on – we're both big Frank Wright guys, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, if he gets the Colts into the playoffs somehow, he'll win Coach of the Year. He should. He absolutely should. Uh, especially because he wasn't even their first choice in the no. offseason. No, he wasn't. And I think, they'd, I think they're in a lot better shape even now at 4-5 and five than they would be with uh, – Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I agree. Maybe the biggest dodge bullet uh, possibly ever. So that will bring us to the Buccaneers at the Giants, a game nobody wants to watch. Combined five wins between the two of them. Uh, I really don't know who to take here. Just because I don't see the Giants winning two straight, I'll take the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bucs too. I mean, they put up 500 yards of offense last week. Set a record for doing that and yeah, only and scoring three, three points. points. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> they're playing decent football. They just beat themselves in the red zone. They I'll did. go Tampa. Give me the bucks. I got to ride that Fitzpatrick magic. Yeah, the beard to match. Okay, actually, a good game here. Houston Texans at the Washington Red Potatoes. Skins. See, that's not one word. I, I just. I canceled it out. It's like it's like when Pat Summerall said, uh, murder. She wrote, coming up on CBS tonight at 8. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. but uh, When he was like, I just I was watching a big video on it, or like on his, uh, his football life thing. Uh, he always pronounced the comma in murder, she wrote. And then when give they it moved, a solid pause. Yeah. <laughs> which is the most old guy thing of all time. Murder. And then uh, – when he moves to Fox, when they did that whole network switch, uh, obviously they didn't have Murder Shiro anymore. So he'd just say, like, coming up tonight on Fox, married with children. <laughs> the yeah. Special, yeah. <laughs> Special feature uh, Fox movie tonight, gone with the wind. <laughs> Tonight at nine. In 60 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know which one you were going to do. 60 seconds. Except, except on the West Coast. Yeah, because you got to watch 60 minutes an hour later than everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always bummed out by that. I want to see 60 minutes and I want to see it now. I want to see right it when the East the Coast guys see it. <laughs> oh, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, anyway. Uh, Steelers at Jaguars. This was supposed to be the Sunday night football game, and then the Jaguars decided to suck. So now it is uh, an early game. They got flexed out, huh? They sure did. Uh, I'm going to pick the Steelers. Jaguars. I will be taking the Steelers, too. Jags played a good second half against the Colts. The defense really tightened up. Should have played two good halves. Yeah, should have. Could have, could have, would have. Uh, yeah, they lost on that. The two big plays for them were Josh Lambeau missing his first field goal and then Rashad Green fumbling when they're trying to either tie or take the lead. 
really killed him. Uh, so after that, we've got ooh, this is just this is horrible. The Raiders at the Cardinals. This is this is tough to see. <laughs> Man, yeah, this is the battle of the uglies. Uh, yeah. And I still feel like I know exactly who I'm going to take with uh, some confidence. I think I'll take the Cardinals at home. Yeah, I will be doing the same exact thing. I think they're a much better team than the Raiders, even though they're only two and seven. Yeah, after the Broncos beat the shit out of Arizona, they've played better football. Yeah, we beat some sense into them is what I right. think. We helped what them. Yeah. We helped them poor card cards. Uh, not a great game when you look at the record disparity, but it's a game that you could have seen being an NFC playoff matchup before the season started. Eagles at Saints. Yeah, this was this one's what in New Orleans. Yeah. <clears throat> you were gonna you were excited about Week One, right? Or if you're one of those people who get all hard when the playoff or the schedule comes out in the spring. Oh yeah, oh yeah, give me that schedule. Oh, uh, how many of that? How many of these are winnable games? Yeah. Oh, guess what? Uh, I've got my team going ten and six this year. I've had them going ten and six for the last twenty years, but they're definitely going ten and six this year. It's like that. The draft hasn't even happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, the Oakland Raiders who uh, finished two and fourteen last year. Just looking at the schedule, uh, I've been going win loss, win loss. I think they're ten and six. Ten and six. Yep. Uh, I'll go e- uh, Saints. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bigger hesitation than Markel Fultz shooting a free throw. <laughs> that was just an absolute uh, change of direction at the last second. Uh, but I think for <laughs> for your own benefit because i think the saints are gonna win as well yeah saints look good they sure do um they're still not the one seed though because the rams are nine and one saints are eight and one um, so they've got a little they bit of ground to cover them? still yeah because they just haven't played as many games interesting but once That'll that happens change after the rams have their bye yep which I guess will be next. It's got to be after this Monday night game, right? Yeah. Week 12. Yeah, I was assuming the because they – for buys. Right. And they're planning <laughs> on coming back from Mexico City. Uh, another ga- a good game, though, that got flexed into the Sunday night schedule. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to, make, trying to distract me. It's not going to work. I guess it did work. Vikings at Bears. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought this was going to be such a hot game? And who would have thought that the Bears would be ahead of the Vikings? Exactly. Uh, where is it in Minnesota or in it's Chicago? It's in Chicago. Ooh, give me the Bears. <laughs> Sorry. I am gonna take the Vikings. Oh, you think that defense gonna fuck up Mitch Trubisky? Although Mitch Trubisky got his first divisional win ever last week uh, against the Lions. Yeah. You're probably right, but I'm going to ride the Bears' momentum. Yeah, I don't know. Khalil Mack came back and got two sacks uh, very quickly. But, yeah, I like the Vikings to to get back on track. I think they're a little too talented. You should like the Vikings because Kirk Cousins is a more reliable quarterback at this point. Yeah, I mean, what you would think, but the last time we expected him to do well on Sunday Night Football – he and the rest of his team got destroyed by the Saints at home. So, but the the Bears, the Saints, the Bears are not. No, I think they're going to win this time. 
which brings us to the game of the week, game of the year, the game of the century, really. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, who was killed by uh, a Patrick Mahomes avatar on Fortnite, <laughs> uh, playing Jared Goff and the beatable Rams, both 9-1. and one. Like we said, not in Mexico City. They're playing this in L.A. It's Monday Night Football. Uh, everybody's looking forward to tuning in for Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, and Booger McFarland. I've got the Rams. Ooh. This is tough because both of those defenses are a bit porous. Um, yes. The Rams have – they hung in there with the Saints in a shootout but lost. The Chiefs hung in there in a shootout with the Patriots but lost. Oh, uh, who'd you pick? I picked the Rams. I'll pick the Chiefs just to try to catch you in the standings. I'll pick the Chiefs, but I'll be rooting for the Rams to win. So I'll be rooting against my own yeah. interest. How, how would you feel if you're playing Fortnite or whatever and someone with like a That's Good Sports shirt or avatar or whatever killed you? Because that's what happened to Patrick Mahomes. He's playing Fortnite, and they just released all those NFL skins. Yeah. And one of them was a number 15 Chiefs jersey, and they killed Patrick Mahomes himself. The real Patrick Mahomes. That would be a bit bizarre. I would be asking, like, why am I not getting any residuals from Fortnite for using my likeness? This is fair. Uh, fair. But honored. I would feel honored. Yeah. Yeah, um, a weirder, even weirder if that scenario plays out in real life. Um, that would be creepy. But, yeah, I'm yeah. murdered by somebody in a That's Good Sports t-shirt. I mean, I could. if anybody's going to murder me uh, in this lifetime, it'll probably be a Patrick Mahomes fan, so. That's true. The more, the more I think about it, the more likely it becomes. Not death. to give anybody any ideas. What if you got death? by stoning but instead of stones it's just Mahomes throwing footballs at you uh depends if he's throwing it with if it's his right hand uh, I'm feeling okay but if it's his left hand I feel like that's uh the ironic punishment division from uh, that episode of the Simpsons there you go where they keep forcing Homer to eat donuts and it just doesn't phase him at all (laughs) James Coburn went mad in 15 minutes Good old Simpsons. Well, <clears throat> I think that's uh, that's enough for us today. Got to right, be healthy. We, we crushed this podcast. Yep. So couldn't, couldn't do any better. Uh, if you ask me. Basically, couldn't do this podcast any better than we currently are. Even if we <laughs> tried true. harder. Yep. Which uh, we will not. Please, 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 just keep listening. Share the podcasts. Or we've got like we've them. got mouths to feed. So please keep listening. Okay, goodbye.